0: Welcome to the RPGBot.News I'm Randall James and with me is Tyler Kamstra Hi everybody And also Ash Eli Hi guys and today we have a special guest with us, James. Hi! James, tell us about yourself.
1: So, uh, yeah, I'm the uh, the host, originator maybe, you might call me that, of um, the Royal Britannia podcast, a British Dungeons and Dragons actual play, quote, comedy podcast. Uh, I put that in quotes because, well, I guess the comedy is, um, you know, up to you. We think it's funny. It's <laughs> a real Eye of the Beholder thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not one of the IRAs, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's let's hop into it. Uh, James, tell us about your history with tabletop RPGs. How did you get into this?
1: So, I mean, the beginning of tabletop RPGs would probably be when I was a well much younger man and uh, used to do the old uh, Warhammer bits on the table with the friends and um, spent far too much of my hard-earned pocket money on that. Um you know many hours painting tiny little figurines and then uh became a teenager and stopped doing that for a very very long time uh, until 2018 when uh for some reason I found myself with absolutely loads of um energy wanting inspiration about wanting to get back into my nerdy childhood and uh unfortunately adult things were in the way of all that sort of uh, fun and games um but really handily uh, a couple of years later I found myself with absolutely loads of free time um Totally, sure. there was some sort of global pandemic going on that meant that I didn't have to go to work and was getting paid, so that was good. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I decided to rustle up a few of my friends and uh, approach them on the slide, just one at a time, just going, "Hey, um, so are you bored?" And they invariably say yes because everyone was sitting at home, being uh, being on lockdown. And uh, when I say sidled up to them, it was very much the digital sidle um, of uh, absolutely, Facebook Messenger. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and i said you know how uh how nerdy are you feeling and uh well one of them uh said that they just finished playing some sort of uh some sort of uh rpg with uh, some of their uni friends which was uh, a good sign and uh one of them said that they just finished reading uh the silmarillion uh which was another good, which was you know arguably another good sign and uh, yeah, the uh kind of like a... yeah i mean i i, I, I Silmarillion, I've done but as an audiobook because, um, you know, it wasn't one of those things that I felt like. Well, once you've tried you to read. The same, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once you've tried and, to read English name yeah. the same way four different times, you know, it's, um, it, mm. becomes, it becomes becomes a, a, more of a slog than an enjoyment. But the audiobook was largely easier. Um, but eventually, yeah, I managed to rustle up four, four friends by uh, com- tricking and convincing them that uh, they wanted to do something sort of. Uh, improvised acting and, uh, you know, uh, character creation, all these things, which was great. And then so for the first time in the entirety of my life, I uh, opened a, a d book and decided to press record on, uh, on Adobe Audition and start a podcast simultaneously, which went well. Uh, yeah. We're about 100 and, nearly 140 <laughs> episodes in and uh, still seems to be going. So uh, no, one's, no one's thrown anything at me yet. Well, is, is it because it's still digital? No, actually, it, it, it was until January. Uh, until January this year, in fact, when uh, we, uh, because the world started opening up again, we were finding it increasingly difficult yeah. to uh, herd everyone into the same place at the same time on a sort of weekly or fortnightly basis. Uh, so we decided that it would make more sense if we could. Um, well, we booked an Airbnb for for the five of us and um, went and recorded nonstop for seventy two hours. Um, in someone else's house which was great fun and we did that again in august but we did it for four days instead we realized not sleeping for three days solid um made the final few episodes of that recording session slightly larry (laughs) okay Okay. i I have questions about that please Uh, (laughs) do. okay
2: so like typical ap podcast people will like they might do the twitch stream thing they'll record once a week once every other week um so it sounds like you're you're at the point that you, you're recording in person every couple of months in just one huge batch. And like having, having listened to a bunch of the podcast, like it feels like the the time between recordings feels very small because it feels like, oh, we, we dropped a thought and immediately picked it back up again. You don't have that like, like, oh, we haven't played in a week. We need to recap for ourselves so we know what's going on. That explains it. It's like what just happened happened like five minutes ago for for you folks. Um, so, So how do you find recording that way? Like, is that working super well for you guys? Like, it certainly seems like the scheduling commitment is different.
1: Yeah, uh the the scheduling is is definitely a lot easier on us because we only have to make ourselves available for four days every sort of six months, which is great. Um, you know, when you've got a combination of people working, you know, different hours. I mean one of our one of our crew works uh, you know, really unsocial hours. They start at four o'clock in the morning, which is great, but it means they're they need to be in bed by about nine ten o'clock, which is <laughs> great if you're trying to trying to record stuff in the evening after work. Especially when you tie in that two of the crew have children, which go to bed about eight o'clock. So then you kind of got this tiny two hour window where people, you know, and <laughs> so it becomes really problematic. So, you know, the, the expression is herding cats, I believe. And uh, so that that, that was yep. challenging. But the, uh, the 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 real thing that we had um, that has worked for us is that. Um, opportunity where I'll spend the, the preceding weeks leading up to a recording session just planning and planning and planning which I never used to well I started doing a massive load of planning when I started it because I thought you had to plan every eventuality but as it turns out you don't um but then you know I was kind of just thinking a little bit ahead of each of each recording session because I knew that the guys would only get through a tenth of what I'd planned in any case but with this one now I can say well I'm going to plan maybe 10 hours worth of content and they're going to stretch that out for 36 hours, which is great because it means I know roughly where they need to go. They'll often go off on some tangents, but um, in terms of us actually doing that creation, we kind of get into a mindset. We're away from distractions of anything else, especially those with children. You know, they've got other commitments going on, and they know they're away, so they can just focus down. And everyone kind of spends the whole kind of weekend almost entirely in character. So it's um, it's a very surreal experience. And like I say, towards towards the end of those recording sessions, it becomes very much a case of. Everyone's kind of lost touch with reality a little bit and uh, has become a sort of <laughs> hybridized version of themselves and their characters. I have
0: to say, like, as they can see me furiously taking notes, I'm trying to figure out how to convince Danielle that what I need to do is go on a four-day holiday <laughs> to play D&D with my friends for my pseudo-work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have the answer to that. The answer is, hey... You know, all those evenings where I'm taken away for several hours and you wanted to spend time just with us. What if I said you could have that for six months and then every six months, all you have to do is just, I disappear for one weekend. I like that. No, this is good because yeah. I, I want those evenings too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, this,
1: this, you know and then there's not fantastic. the stress there's <laughs> not the stress of going uh oh, when when are we getting everyone together oh and then someone last minute going oh, actually i've got to work or something's yes. come up or you know the the dog's flooded or the kitchen's on for, sorry yeah any of those things um <laughs> you know what i mean yeah we've all been there the, yeah flooding <laughs> dogs yep I, I mean every
0: time sometimes it rains cats <laughs> as well yeah um <laughs> One of the things that I'll call out, so we've talked a little bit on the the podcast recently about how to plan and how to run, you know, some of the complex encounters you might have, some of the complex puzzles that you might have in a given session. One of the things that recording those episodes has made me realize is that as a DM, the longest I have ever had to DM for and plan for was about a two-hour session. I know historically the way the game was played, most people did do these long eight hour sessions or like, you know, like you talk about the overnight where nobody showered in 48 hours. And like, <laughs> it's just like a gas of like funk and Cheeto dust floating around everywhere. Uh, how do you find planning for that goes? Like, are you scrambling for monsters? Cause they took a wrong turn. Are you like, okay, everybody like,
1: shut up. I have to plan a puzzle right now. How, how does this go? So it, it's, it's kind of a little different for our, for our game because when I, largely have... Um, I've got to know the guys very, very well. I can kind of to an extent predict the things that they're going to look at, and largely that is the th- is... I'm kind of aware of the fact that those things are going to be the things I haven't planned intensely for. Um, usually, as I'm sure all DMs can relate to out there, you'll create rich backstories for really interesting characters and really fun, engaging pathways for their characters to go down, and what they'll do and is... they just murder fixate the characters. And, oh, they'll murder them and fixate on an NPC <laughs> of, of no consequence, who they will immediately <laughs> adopt into their family and want to know every single thing about and bring them with them on an adventure to the woods that you'd had to invent. A, a prime example of that is... Um, a time when, in passing, I mentioned uh, on in one of the adventures the guys were on uh, that there was a uh, a farm on this island, and they said, well, what are they farming? And I was like, it's cranberries. So uh, from that point onwards, all they wanted to do was go to the cranberry farm. Um, and at that point, we were recording in those sort of two-hour chunks. So in between recording sessions, I then had to Wikipedia and research the in-depth intricacies of how to farm cranberries, and I never thought I'd know that in my life. But as it turns out, I know quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's like you need a levy system, you need a bog. Oh yeah, and <laughs> bog. Bog in uh, in British slang also means toilet, so that makes double humor for us. Was that a Yeah. Well, it's just one of those Explain great things. Spray though. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, they'll never great. sponsor it's... us. <laughs> but I think the hopes were low anyway. Yeah. Oh Lord. Uh, no, we we've burned a few sponsors like that in the past. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we've so said some add things. Add them
1: the, to the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um But yeah, I mean we we used to I used to plan those sort of two hour sessions um that we would do and they were they were great. And it meant that I could be really focused and know absolutely everything was going on. But that kind of has had to change in the sense that we're doing these big, sort of mammoth, four-day recording things, going 36, 36 episodes all in one in one hit, basically. And to be clear, we do shower, and the you know among us, we make sure there's plenty of fruits and vegetables because although crisps and and you know sweets and everything sound great, uh, by the time you get into about day one and a half two uh, your body is shutting down and going no you need to sleep and eat healthy things um uh, so in order to keep us going and keep us from you know having some sort of medical emergency there's many vegetables and things that are passed around um but uh, not not like raw <laughs> carrots we're not just like you know but it's um, you know things are cooked it's delightful yeah. we take stuff prepped that you just yeah. throw in the oven or in the slow cooker or things like that which is great but uh, no the 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 bigger plans that I have to come up with now, as I say, I spend sort of the weeks and months leading up to these sort of bigger recording sessions, effectively creating a big open world full of this is here, this is here, this is here, this is here, this is here planning it all out, building maps on things like um, Incarnate has been really useful for me, um, and um it just helps me to sort of visualize that in, and internalize that thing, creating these characters and, again, using tools like Hero Forge and stuff like that that help me actually visualize what's going on so I can tell the story to the guys in more detail than just writing a few notes. Um, and letting them kind of loose in this world, I usually have a few safety nets of NPCs and stuff that can come in and steer them a little bit in back on course if I feel like they're going into somewhere that, yeah, they can go, but there's kind of nothing going on um you know and and leading them that way um but yeah it's been it, it, it's it's a different beast trying to plan out like 30 hours all in one go as it happens for our last recording we did in july i planned out what i thought would probably be about what i i thought would be about 10 hours worth of content i knew they'd drag that out for about 30 hours as it turns out they went off on some massive tangents which really you know created some really interesting story things and i had to a little bit of improvisation from some of the other bits of game that had, that they'd bypassed in other recording sessions. I can kind of, I've got those kind of like spare parts that I can sort of crowbar in. Um, and then they, they, they look, look at go, this dungeon. I have to have laying here. <laughs> oh, here's one. Um, and they, they go off on these wild tangents and just really, really get in depth with the the characters that they're meeting and get involved in their lives. And they do things that I just don't expect, even, even now I don't expect them to do, but I mean, they got through about half of what I'd planned. That I th- in my head was sort of ten hours worth of content. They they turned that into what is effectively sixty hours. Nice.
0: And and one of the things that intimidates me even more, like I talk about the idea of preparing ten hours of content for my players, um, you're preparing thirty hours of content at a time, and then you want other people to listen to it. <laughs> uh,
1: so I, I mean, you do have listeners. How how has the show been received so far? Uh, it's better than i could possibly have imagined is is kind of the thing i am absolutely blown away by the number of people that that choose to listen to us um i never thought that we would be in a position we're in at the moment which i mean we're we're staring down the barrel of um uh, of uh, of because we 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 host through a particular podcasting host they uh they report our our list up numbers in a fortnightly basis for some bizarre reason um but we're looking at somewhere in the region can of you 15, remind 000. our american listeners what a fortnight is uh, it's two weeks <laughs> uh, 14 days 14 nights um yeah it's uh, it, for some reason it reports it like that i have yet to understand why and uh, but yeah we're, we're looking at about fifteen thousand downloads in the last 14 days which is unreal um i mean we're we're a few <laughs> days we're probably about a week away from quarter of a million downloads total which is Nice. I, I just never thought we'd be even uh, e- even 10,000 downloads would, would have been incredible a in total. But I mean, the fact that people are listening to us every week, they're listening, they're, the subscribers are going up every week, the downloads are going, the, the number of downloads are going up every single week. We, you know, people have invested their, t- not just their time in listening to us, but you know, they're, they're supporting us financially. They're buying merchandise of the show. They're joining our Patreon to, I, I just can't, it it boggles my mind and I'm so grateful for the fact that even one of them wants to listen to us. And yeah, I I love them all. (laughs) No, it's fantastic. And like, that's amazing success in that time period.
0: So how do you think that your podcast has changed since you first started it? Obviously you have more listeners now, so, and it's inevitable that things change. You guys are probably more knowledgeable of how D&D
1: is played now. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, No. No, no, (laughs) no. I do not know how to play d and d still I mean two years in and uh genuinely i i say this to the people that, that ask me that have asked me this before genuinely before we started this podcast I had never played d and d before i'd never read a book i'd never rolled any i'd never rolled a i'd, I'd never rolled uh, a d a dice in a game of i d i'd never played a character i'd never dm would any of it so it was it was only it was the, the podcast was always was always set up as a sort of just something to keep us sane and to entertain us and if people wanted to listen, that was great. Um, but in terms of how it's changed, I think we started to take it a lot more seriously when we, you know, when we, re- when we saw the graph sort of spiking basically, and we saw we'd gone from, you know, a hundred people had listened this week to a thousand people had listened this week. Um, and that, that huge, that, you know, in, in the grand scheme of podcasts in the world, yeah, I'm sure um, it's, it's minor, but for us, that was a massive, massive deal um and the fact that it continues to grow every single week is is really changing us we we're, we're looking at it as much more seriously as a way of realistically us moving away from um having to do this as a as a hobby and actually wanting to do this as as our lives you know we want to do podcasting we love this you know we love this game we want to do it and make it something that not only is enjoyable for our listeners but actually is also something that supports us and uh, enables us to do this you know, massively exciting thing um, full time. I mean, the fact that D and D is growing so popular um, at the moment, uh, as uh, you know, is epitomised by the fact that we've got a, a you know Hollywood movie coming out about it next year with Chris Pine and everyone in it. You know, there's a huge cast in that film. <laughs> um, you know, that really shouts about the fact that the game that, and I'll be honest about this. When I was younger, always considered to be like the ultimate nerdy thing to do. And this is coming from someone who played Warhammer at the time. You know, I always thought d d was like the, the thing that was, you know, if you were going to be nerdy, that was, that was it. Um, Not as nerdy and, as those nerds. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you
1: know what I mean? Like,
2: it's... I think there's an XKCD chart <laughs> about this. Just, just which hobby thinks the other hobbies are more nerdy and it's this complicated mesh. And all the way down at the bottom is people who write their own furry Star Trek fan fiction and self-insert themselves. <laughs> It's well, like, all right, well, someone has decided that that is the bottom, and the rest of us will all fight it out in the middle. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, like, yeah.
1: Don't you have to send me that. Yeah. <laughs> gotta share that. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> now,
0: you, um, you talked about the, um, like, that period of time where, like, you're doing it to keep yourself sane, and then you're starting to see the chart numbers go up. One of the things that I feel like the folks who are doing podcasts are often getting the feedback of is like you almost pick up a certain amount of responsibility because during those start times you were keeping other people insane. You know, what you thought was just kind of like idle banter, like, Oh, we're just doing this and we're framing us hanging out around a game. Cause now we have to be here. And all of a sudden you realize people, nobody's depending on it. Nobody's counting on it. But at the same time, when they see a new episodes available, they pull it because they want to listen and they want to be taken away from everything they're dealing with. And so yeah, like that responsibility of putting out a good show. You know, kind of like Ash's question a second ago. As time's gone on, you know, you have a Discord, right? Yeah. And, and we'll put links in the show notes. So, you know, if you're sitting at home thinking, I want to learn more about it, I want to find this, it's going to be in the show notes, go get it. But yeah, so you have a Discord. Are, are fi- fan interactions, are the feedback that you're getting, like, is it influencing how you shape the game?
1: Uh, yes, and sort of. Uh, my two answers to that <laughs> I guess um, I mean it was it, it, we actually have had people uh, email us messages us, and leave us reviews saying just um, how much we've helped them through difficult times which uh, I, is unreal uh, honestly I mean we've had uh, I mean I, I won't name names but yeah we had uh, we had a couple of quite quite dark emails just from people just saying actually I was I was in a really bad place but just having you know 50 episodes of this to blast through and to keep me keep me grounded has been like massively important to them and they've now subscribed you know they subscribe to us and listen to us every single week um yeah it it's, it 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 is a lot of responsibility in that term i guess um but in terms of our, our community uh we've always been um quite quite intense about making sure that our communities are always a kind of safe space for people making sure that um yeah everyone can have fun in those places but uh, it's always about everyone's in very much the same way that i found that on the whole the, the D&D community and actually the, the TTRPG community as a whole has been, is incredibly welcoming, incredibly supportive. And it seems like the outliers are the ones who are the gatekeepers and actually aren't necessarily welcomed into that community. Um, and I really like the fact that my perception of what it would be like, I, my, I always imagined that there would be this big sort of quite, tight-knit group of gatekeepers who sort of don't want new people to come in and actually that is the minority and it was not what i thought it would be um and i really love that and i want to support that and um for me it's all about sharing and being part of that huge rpg community um our listeners uh definitely do get to uh, to shape the show itself um particularly those who support our patreon we have um, a sort of private area of our discord for, for patrons um, who quite often get to take part in a few little surveys and and, um, and um, uh, what's the, the the sort of charts they get to sort of vote on certain things. Um, so the, you know things part of that, and obviously I you know like to share our our, our patrons' names uh, within the NPCs of my world. You know they, I always like to get a little character named after them because you know they've taken the time to be a part of of the show itself. So the least I can do is make make them a part of the show. You know what I mean. Um, no, absolutely. That that's a great idea actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I it, it's it's very much a case of I like to make sure that that um our community feel like they are not only listening to show that but to a very in a very real way to have a certain amount of ownership of it as well. Um because for me that makes it even more real. No, I think I think that makes good sense. Um I'll I'll pose a question. So
0: let's say I'm a listener of the rpgbot.podcast. I'm sitting at home um I'm thinking, yeah, I think this sounds good to me i I want to get into it. What about Royal Britannia distinguishes it from other actual play podcasts and just how British is
1: it <laughs> 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 well, I mean, on the scale of britishness um one being uh you know uh one being the uh, the bumbling uh Hugh Grant esque figure of uh, of British tale old, you know, you, you uh, the uh, the quintessential upstairs okay. downstairs, you know, uh, and uh, right at the other end is uh, is Dick Van Dyke, you know. Um, um, <laughs> but no, we're we're you know all the guys in it, we're all, we're all British guys, and um, you know we've uh, on the whole, uh, what makes us different is that uh, well, as as a rule, the vast. Vast majority of D and D podcasts out there uh, are are, are um, hosted by uh, Americans. That's that's the you know the, the overwhelming majority that I seem to come across. There are there are other D and D podcasts in the UK, but the the numbers seem to pale in insignificance uh, to to what else is out there. Um, so I mean, I guess there's that. But uh, the big thing for us is that for me, uh, while it's a D and D podcast, it's in a sense it's not. It's a for me, it's a comedy podcast that uses D&D as the vehicle for that comedy rather than sort of a d show that's trying to be funny. It's, uh, we're, we're just having a laugh, and we're using this as a platform to tell a creative story um, while doing that, um, which I guess is it's certainly not unique in its, in its sense, but it's just the way I tend to approach it. it feels very different to certainly a lot of the other things that I've listened to out there um which i mean you can see that in the sense that i mean I, i've been doing it for two years and i will be honest i still don't know the rules i really don't um but my <laughs> my experience oh, of that is that, for you. <laughs> my experience of that is that i think there's most of the people that play dnd don't don't really know the rules i mean anyone that says they know all the rules is lying in my opinion um you know, I think there's very separate for Tyler. of Oh yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Tyler knows all the rules. <laughs>
0: okay, so we we have our own Discord that we have available, and it's fantastic because I'm a person who doesn't know the rules. And there's, I'm gonna say, like four and a half people in there that a hundred percent, if they don't know the rules, they believe they know all the rules. So when like these little corner cases or edge cases come up, watching just like the nerd sniping happening across the channel. Like I'll come in, like I'll walk away for 20 minutes. Cause I was paying attention to discord. I was responding. I was engaging. I come back 20 minutes later. There's literally like 3000 words and 20 links to different articles, like quoting Jeremy Crawford. And I'm just like, what happened here? <laughs> you guys are wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> what? Why are you all like this?
2: Look, I'm just saying there's two ways to interpret magic missile and both of them are wrong. Yes. <laughs> well, we're we're not nerds if we're not saying that there's a right way to enjoy
0: things and there's a wrong way to enjoy. Things. No, I mean, but okay. To be clear, there's not a lot of that right and wrong. There's not a lot of gatekeeping yeah. happening. It's it's more of like uh, it's it's like watching Greek rhetoric, except for maybe people aren't as good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, but
2: a, that's a better than Yeah, <laughs> it's it's all in. it's It's all good-natured. We're all just trying to learn something, you know. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) but I'm totally with you, James. Like, most people don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of the rules, and like you guys are doing a great job proving that you can still have a ton of fun with D&D without that encyclopedic
1: knowledge. Thank you. Um, I think it's partly down to the fact that um, 5e is relatively easy to get along with. I I did have a read of some of the rules of fourth edition and wow i don't think we'd be doing it if it was if those were still the rules because trying to <laughs> trying to manage that over over uh you know a facebook call or a team's call is it would be nigh on impossible yeah have, have we introduced you to our friend pathfinder <laughs>
0: uh, no i've i've seen some things <laughs> okay i actually i really love pathfinder too i, th- I feel same pretty approachable i don't want to uh, i i did uh, is disparage story word that's a that's a real yeah. word right Yeah, I don't want to do that
2: thing. I I do
0: enjoy it. Um, I feel like probably, you know, in in PF2, they have uh, also raised the bar in approachability the same way that 5e did compared to 4e. Um, Yeah, yeah, I will will say as as someone who's played Pathfinder 1 and 5e, Pathfinder 2 feels like both of those had a baby. It's like,
2: kind of feels accurate. (laughs) Uh, What if there was a rule for everything, but it was approachable? Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) so back to the topic at hand uh <laughs> <laughs> so Role britannia uh you're all british players yeah. um i listen to a bunch of actual play podcasts and and i'm sincerely enjoying roll britannia there's i'm sure there are other podcasts that have done like a heavy nautical theme a lot of sailing and things like that but i feel like you guys have leaned into that like right from episode one it's like we're starting on a ship and you're gonna stay on this ship Um, and that (laughs) has really informed the story a whole lot um so like elaborate that on that i guess uh why that how has that informed the story like
1: uh well i mean there's a a combination of reasons really i mean one is the uh the, the whole uh the whole Britannia thing is a you know there's this, this sort of naval history of that sort of side of the, the word. But um, uh, equally, I wanted to do uh, something that wasn't sort of true fantasy. Was more uh, uh, sort of piratey themed. Um, I'm not saying it is pirates, but it's pirate esque, pirate pirate adjacent, you might say. And you know, <laughs> privateer. That pi- yeah, yeah. Um, pirate part of that um, pirate ish sanctioned pirates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> part of part of that experience is obviously the nautical thing and um I am I'll be honest with you I'm still exploring different uh methods for the ship to ship combat that uh, it, because it, it it brings in a whole new aspect of actually you've got these players who sort of need to work together to get this one tool to function um but in inherently in the 5e rules it seems to be that players sort of act independently um yeah they can work they can support each other, but there doesn't, there's not, in my experience, been one definitive um, set of rules that has, has really landed with how I'd like it to work. Um, I think Saltmarsh has some has some rules in there that are kind of set up for ships, but um, I tried a few different versions of ship to ship combat so far in various different encounters at sea. But uh, I think Saltmarsh is the next set that I'm going to try out um, for that. But yeah, I mean, obviously, it's 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 laid out a little bit of um, the, the storytelling within the show itself. And part mostly with that, it's uh, it's sort of doing away with the having to travel long distances, cross country and doing this sort of marching and this sort of thing through hills and forests and all these things. Whereas we do a, you get on a ship, you go to a place and there might be encounters along the way, but what they have instead is action aboard a, a sea vessel. Um, and they have things going on, with that, which I think it brings a different angle to the camping every few days, walking walking through the woods, and encountering you know direwolves and these things. Whereas it seems to me that the, the true fantasy stuff quite often, although we have all these aquatic monsters, doesn't really lend itself too much to the opportunity to encounter them. Um, you know you've got you've got krakens and merfolk and all these things, but you're unlikely to encounter a kraken. Uh, the top of a mountain, you know what I mean? I mean, if you do, it's very out of place. And uh, I mean, well, that being said, there there is one coming up in in our show that is extremely out of place, but that, there's another reason for that. But the, the, the only reason I can it's give motivated. you is Bob. <laughs> Bob is not a character <laughs> on a show, it's a magical item. Um, it all makes sense now. <laughs> 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 all right so so i'll pose a
0: question i you know a- again i'm i'm an rpg about podcast listener i'm hearing this and i'm excited about it um do you recommend people to go back to the first episode is there a different entry point where you say like hey look if you don't want to do the whole thing just yet at least start here
1: yeah i mean obviously it's it's a continual story so starting from the beginning is best because you'll get to feel that experience of the characters growing and introducing themselves to the world and all these things but if you want to jump in somewhere i think episode 50 um is a really nice jumping off point because it's the first time in the show when the guys are starting to get to script get to get to grips with their action with what they can actually do and there's kind of a nice blend of there's a little bit of naval action there's a little bit of uh, dungeon crawling there's a little bit of uh, open world action sort of all rolled into one um big sort of arc um we call that one the uh a place in ye sun we call that arc um so i, I come up with these little <laughs> little names for all the sort of chapters in in the story as it goes along um you know we started with uh we be shipwrecked and uh you know took it took it from there um there is a, <laughs> a a pokemon-esque arc uh as well at one point which is which was creative. Um and yeah, we've moved on this the arc that I'm, is currently going out um is there's a number of influences in it but um there's a bit of disc world in there, a little bit of firefly, a little bit of uh western stuff going in. Uh it's all a bit of Jurassic World, I guess, but uh, yeah, it's all it's all kind of a sort of rolled in movie themed type uh, type arc, which is quite cool. Nice. Awesome. And, and again, we'll put links in
0: the show notes so folks can find either We Be Shipwrecked or A Place in Ye Sun. Yep, that's
1: the one. <laughs> right. uh, we'll put we'll, <laughs> uh, <laughs> links in the show notes <laughs> for, so folks for can reference, it. a place a place in Yi Sun. Uh, We say ye, but the letter is actually a thorn, so it would have been pronounced T-H. It's a place in the sun. Uh, There's a TV show uh, in the UK which is on during the day. It's one of those terrible daytime TV shows uh, called A Place in the Sun, where uh, some slightly forgotten celebrity travels to uh, parts of the sunny mediterranean and find properties for a particular couple who want to move out to the mediterranean um it's absolute dross but it's uh, it's kind of a british staple of <laughs> uh, wealthy people who want to buy a home somewhere in the sunshine and move abroad uh, so yeah that, that was kind of like a, a little play on the, a lot of the a lot of the jokes and things that are, that run through are quite often based in um sort of british tv movies um pop culture references uh so so, it, so you had escapism in your escapism yeah, yeah, <laughs> very much so.
0: And uh, so, so going back to our previous question, when we ask how British it is, the answer is very British.
1: Very, very British, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, there are not. <laughs> in fairness, there, there are some American references in there as well, like um, there's an item that I created uh, called Hawkeye's Pendant. Now, this item uh, confused a lot of people who are a lot younger than me um, because the item's description is a small metal pendant with the numbers 4077 embossed on it. Uh, and a lot of people were very confused as to why on earth uh, you know Hawkeye would have something that says four oh seven seven, and which uh, the older generation um, who who are conscious of the of Mash uh, very quickly pointed out that it's not Hawkeye from the MCU. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Uh, James, thank
0: you so much for being with us today. Uh, we really did
1: enjoy having you. So where can folks find you? Where can folks find more about Roll Britannia? Uh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been amazing to be on the show. Thank you so much for talking to me. It's been it's great to meet you all. Uh, yeah, Roll Britannia is available on pretty much every good podcatcher whichever one you like just search roll Britannia Um, we've got a website RollBritannia.co.uk. you can find us on Twitter at roll Britannia Facebook Instagram and uh, yeah we've got discord links as well pretty much everywhere so please do check us out Uh, we do our merch shops currently done at the moment because we're reintroducing a new one we've got new stuff coming but uh, yeah please just check us out uh, on pretty much every social media platform and and every podcatcher in you know, iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, all of them, <laughs> wherever. Just, yeah, just search Roll Britannia. Awesome. We'll do. And so
0: we'll stick links in the show notes to some of this. Um, we'll get links in the show notes so you can go directly to the Royal Britannia website. Uh, find that merch store. You, know, you can get a t-shirt. It's exciting. You will be able to get a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcast and rate us on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. It's a quick, free way to support the podcast and helps us to reach new listeners. You'll find links in the show notes. You'll find affiliate links for source books and other materials linked in the show notes, as well as on RPGBot.net. Following these links helps us to make the show happen every week.
2: The first so- couple arcs of the podcast, like the, the players kept talking about going to a Nando's. Yeah, what, what is a Nandos? It, it must be this <laughs> wonderful wonderful British promised land. And I go and look it up and I'm like, it's oh, it's like an international food, food chain and there's one like 10 miles from here. Never <laughs> oh, that's heard really of it. <laughs> All right, I'll check it out. Well, thank you guys. Here, so here I, much. Much. I think so. I'm almost like it's spread dynamite. No, let's, sure. let's I'll, it I'll right. recommend it. <laughs> okay, right. what what yeah. kind of food is it? Uh, chicken. South African chicken.
1: Yeah, basically. Oh,
2: okay, I'm into that.
0: Yeah, it's, I, uh, it's good. <laughs> I was I trying to think of a one. joke to end on. Like, I love, I love it. Like when we hit one of these things, and it's like, ah, we can do something funny. So I'm sitting here, it's like, you know, it's the worst situation because literally, like, quick, think of something funny.
1: <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> so I was say guys, your, your uh, <laughs> the, the RPG bot website is just unreal useful.